Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango and Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point and our homeboy from 101 ESPN as well as former Blue defenseman Mr. Jamie Rivers. Boys, how's it going? I'm all right. How about you over there? Good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. You know, the weather's been pretty good. We had one day of rain. And apart from that, I've been outside trying to, you know, keep my myself going and working on the yard. Now, how much pride do you guys take in your yard? Oh, little, little if any. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I that it. says a lot about a person. Yes. I, oh, sorry, yes. Jeff. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> it's, you should see my room, the inside of my car. Dude, you should. I mean, like, I talk about this on the air. Like, today is, is mow the lawn day. It's my favorite day. I can't wait to get home and to do it. And when it's all done and you get it trimmed and edged, whoo, baby, wait, we're man. still talking about grass. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> but, wait, but yes. I'm not supposed to be aroused with this, am I? Not Thankfully, I we can't tell. I just love cutting uh, the grass, legitimately the grass on the ground. That's it. Well, wow. I, uh, I, <laughs> I kind of dork out on it, too. And, and my house is a busy house. Go, go, go. The four kids are going in all different directions. We've got two dogs. Uh, Shannon, my wife's a realtor, so she's got phone calls going on, and I've got a lot of stuff going on, too. So I put the headphones in, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to cut the grass. It's literally, like, therapeutic. And my wife is like, you know you have two 16-year-old boys that can do that. I'm like, yeah, a couple things on that. One, I want it done right. Because I watched them cut the grass before, yeah. and it's just a disaster. It's like Stevie Wonder's out there cutting my grass. And <laughs> see, the joke there is Stevie Wonder wouldn't be able to cut the grass because he's blind. Can't allegedly, see. right? <laughs> allegedly. Hey, Stevie, you want to impress me? Take the wheel for a while. He's allegedly. Allegedly, blind. you're right. So now that being said, so the one they'll screw it up, and it'll be so bad I have to go back and do it anyways, or fix it, or look just awful. But I get to get away too. I get mm, to get away yeah. and just like cut the grass. And yeah, I'm that dork. I. I like do all the the trimming and all the and I uh, make sure I water it after because somebody told me one time when you, as soon as you cut your grass it's great to water it because you know the blades are cut in half and you gotta feed them right away. I don't even know if that's true. Ooh, I don't know either, but I'm gonna do that. But today. I always cut the grass and I cut it like diagonally, and then the next time diagonally the other way because I heard if you cut the grass the 
different way diagonally. It helps it grow. But I don't even know. I don't. I, the worst part is I'm not a dork like that. To, like when it comes to other household things, but when it comes to the grass, I'm like, to me, like when you drive by my house, like that's your first impression. Uh, well, yeah. I think I think you're Sorry, right, Jeff. No, you're fine. Here's, here's one thing. My, my, for, my house, when you drive by, the first impression is there's a sign that says you can't trick or treat here. <laughs> so that's yeah. I just I I. <laughs> I'd like to take a little issue Not with true. with the number of times in which that Jamie insinuated that only dorks right. uh, oh, care yeah. about taking care yeah. of their and lawn. And he doesn't mean that as a compliment it. either. No, it's no, not like, does it's not. not like Donnie is a music dork because that'd be a compliment. I'd take it. Not yeah. so much this And one. I apologize for the direct eye contact when I was <laughs> no, making that okay. comment. So I got to tell you guys, this brought a great story. So last week uh, we were outside, uh, the whole family out doing a walk. And a block over, there are two kids um, that go to go to kids' school, Dexter's school, and one of them is ten years old, is the oldest, and he was out mowing the lawn. All right, he was missing spots. Mm. There were chunks that weren't mowed, <laughs> but I thought, hey, Dad's just getting him used to using the mower. Dad's going to come in after, you know, tidy it up. Sure. No. no. <laughs> they left it that oh, way. Boy. So, like, they're long Maybe they right now. Maybe they were proud of them. Which. You don't want to just come and kick him right in the you-know-what. But, buddy. Like, <laughs> but, buddy. Like, there's got to be a way that we as parents can do that. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do much of the grass cutting in the front. I do the hill in the back. You know, because uh, I'm a super strong male and everything. Uh, but Julie does the does most of the yard work, and and I think I've told you guys you guys this before. She gets mad if I do it. Yeah. And right now she's dealing with a really really bad knee to where she may have to have surgery, and she's hobbling around the house, and oh, she's not man. supposed to walk. And eh, she's faking it. But no, she's not. Um, so I cut the grass the other day, and I took a picture of this, and I want to show you guys. I did this thing where I lined up all the equipment in my garage beforehand and said, I'm about ready to use all this. What the hell is going to happen? And I swear on my mother's eyes, less than 10 minutes later, I tore something off the side of the house somehow. Oh, my God, Jeff. Yeah. Let me see. Oh, that looks important. <laughs> How do you even do that? Yeah. Just well, out of curiosity, like, what are you mowing the wall? Right. Like, what so, are you doing? Well, it's one of those. It's one of those like a like an exchange box thing. Yeah, and that's then wires located come down. like four feet off. Yeah, the but ground. the wires come down and went into the ground because it was cable. It was cable wiring, and I was using one of those brush hog dealios. That's like like basically a big weed whacker, but it's got oh, wheels yeah, on the back. Yeah, you know, yeah, one of those yeah, things. Yeah. You know what I'm sure, talking about? Yeah, yeah. So you so, just went right over the wire and drug it out of there. So I, oh my god, if somebody would have had a ring doorbell. Because I it, it catches on there and then it's wrapping around and it's pulling things and I literally just <laughs> let go and stood there like this going oh god <laughs> and what's the first and the wiring comes flying out and wiring that was going or cable was going into the ground that was going into my house all laying on the ground now what's the first thing you would have done besides cuss your head off um, go inside to see if the cable's working if the internet's working yeah. if everybody's cell phones oh I was working, thinking more like I stuff. need to come up with a really great excuse. Yeah, I was uh, definitely thinking of the lie. You don't think sure. all three females I work with or live with are going, yeah, that makes sense. That's, <laughs> That's a good happened. point. Yeah. That's a good point. But uh, you got to try, Jeff. You, got, you can't just sit there and get struck out. you got to swing. You know? Mary, Mary, does this, Mary does this thing every once in a while where she'll be like, hey, I want to I wanna mow the lawn this time. And I'm like, I don't know why you would want to take away 
one of the few things that I enjoy Does doing. Does she know you love it that much? Oh, of course. Maybe she's going, oh, if he loves it, maybe I'll love it. Well, maybe I don't we can do for... it together. Couples do things together, Donnie. Great. We can do things together, <laughs> but I want to mow the goddamn lawn. Sure. And I'm not and I'm not even and this is not like, and please understand that this isn't some pseudo masculine no, no, bullshit. No. I no. it's not that for me. It's just I love to do it. Yeah. Like like you said, man, I get like you. I put my headphones on, you know, like as long as I know the kids aren't playing in traffic, we're we're, we're we're in a in a really good spot, but uh, but I dude, I feel so it's so funny when you tell stories, Jeff, about your wife because she is so much the sweetest person, and I think of her having to deal with mountains of your shit, and I just have yeah. nothing but empathy for her. Yeah, there's a spot waiting for her upstairs. <laughs> Real, I mean, seriously. Every time I see Mark Close, Mr. Close in the hallway, is like. Why did she marry you? <laughs> like, if there's a way... Because they've known each other a long time, and he, he, awesome. he's, just, he's just like, why does she stay with you? Like, there's if there's a wait, you know how, like, we, when you finish retirement like or, or playing a sport, you have to wait a certain number of years before the Hall of Fame can induct you? Uh-huh. And they make exceptions every now and then. Like, if there's a wait to get into heaven, and you have this, like, two or three year... Like, she's getting yeah, fast-tracked yeah, right there. She has the fast pass. Yeah. She does, yes. No waiting in line. No waiting. No. Yeah, okay, choir boy over there. Yeah. Because your wife hasn't put through... You haven't put your wife through let, anything. Let, let's, yeah, just, let's just be real honest. Sure. Real honest. All three of our partners are really exceptional freaking human beings. Yeah. Yeah, if yeah. for nothing else... For dealing with our three dumbasses. Yeah. I can't even believe it. I, I, just, <laughs> I, I really can't. I, every day every day when I go, go home from work, you know, she's working from home now. I walk in and I go, damn, she is still here. Right. She didn't go anywhere. It's crazy. She did not leave. Like Jeff, you know, you're, Jeff was at our wedding mm-hmm. and it's 20 years ago. Tw- coming up on 21. Can you imagine that? God, you're old. Anyways. Wow. Um, 15 amazing years. 21 total. 21 total. <laughs> and. I, I can't even believe it. I'm like, I know I'm a disaster. Like, I just know it, right? Like, I like to have fun. I mm-hmm. like to, I'm a child at times, and, you know, I can be grumpy. I can be, you know, hard to deal with. I can't imagine being married to me. Yeah. Seriously. So I thought about it a couple times. It's <laughs> true. You do <laughs> early on, early on, Shannon, I would not take him away from you. Do not worry. And she was. Uh, did get uh, weird. She uh, worked at Ozzy's place, right, when you guys met? Yes. Is that did, right? uh, How about me remembering that? Wow. It was a crazy, uh, huge charity event. It was like the Head First Foundation, and uh, the Cardinals were there, the Blues, us guys were there, and the Rams were there. And it just, and the funny thing is, is we met that night, and it's actually a funny story because we we're, des- were celebrity bartenders back then before liability issues happened. And so mm-hmm. we we're celebrity bartenders, and we were assigned someone to work with because obviously we can't just get behind the bar and you know, screw it up. And there was a thousand people. There was, I mean, it was like six deep at the bar. And so we're trying to make cocktails, and Shannon is our designated person. Oh, man. And it was me, Jimmy Campbell, Jamie McLennan, and I think Tony Twist were her oh, group. Can you imagine God, that? Group? What was the bill on that <laughs> if there would have been? So that's this is where the story gets good is we're swamped. So I'm watching her and. We can't get the money faster because she's bogged down with four people that she's trying to take care of, like us children. <laughs> and so I just look over her shoulder. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I looked at her code for the, the point of sale system because you can't get in there without knowing the code or having your employee code. So I just started ringing up drinks and start, and she turns around like halfway through. She's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm helping. I mean, what are you talking about? She's like, you can't do that. She's like, now my drawer's going to be all screwed up and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, 
you don't get it. I'm on this. Like, right. I got this. Anyways, we went back and forth. I think she hated my guts that night. That's the way it starts. Although I think I was really charming. But anyways, <laughs> I think she hated my guts, and, and we just kind of parted ways. It was nothing that night at all, which, by the way, her drawer ended up, like, perfect, by the uh-huh. way. No problems. So thank you, you knew this sure. was that was going to be a oh, part yeah. of this story. Yes. All I can think of is him getting in her drawer. I don't know why. I'm just trying anyway, to first ahead. night, too. Imagine right. that. Um, so then a month later, Jamie McLean and I are out driving around. It was night before a game. And I'm like, uh, we're like, where do you want to eat? Where do you want to go? I'm like, let's go to Westport. Okay, what are we going to do? And I go, hey, let's go see if that hot blonde's working at Ozzy's. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, let's go. He goes, Ozzy's, night before a game. I'm like, come on, man. Be a good teammate. So he's like, okay, fine. We walk in. She was there. The odd thing is that she had been gone for about a month. Unfortunately, her stepfather had passed away, and she had to take some personal time. But it was her first night back at work, and it was the first time I had been back there that night just on a whim. So then we got to talk and whatnot. We hung out, and the rest is history, boys. Wow, that's I'll unbelievable. That's what pretty are the cool. chances, man? That's the, that's the kismet. Now, that and you talk did about, you know you did have the stereotypical hockey uh, at least reception. If you remember how you guys came into the to the reception hall. Oh God, yeah, that's the, right. The yeah, arch yeah. of hockey sticks. Oh, a bunch yeah. of Jews holding the hockey sticks and walking Those through that. Poor guys, because we had a big wedding party too, and they're trying to hold these sticks in the air for like ten, fifteen minutes. <laughs> they, you can see on like the wedding video, they like switch hands halfway through because the shoulders yeah. are burning. <laughs> and like the the fifth uh, the fifth maid of honor, their arms are. Yeah, down. Like, <laughs> I'm sudden I'm getting two handed in the side of the head as I'm yeah. trying to walk down. <laughs> It was uh, it was fun. You know, uh, here here this this has been a great time. I I love chatting about life with you guys, but holy shit, I miss sports yeah. oh so God. much, man. We're talking about Jeff cutting the grass and my <laughs> wedding and my like. We're really we're searching, man. Okay, so I, I was watching the NHL Network yesterday afternoon or evening or something, and they're doing one of those things that you know, just like everybody else, they're they're finding programming when there isn't games or games to talk about. Sure, and they're doing a lot of those. Uh, best of this position, you know, kind of things on the NHL network. And it was Mike Rupp. Is it Dave Rupp or Mike Rupp? Mike Rupp. Mike Rupp, one other guy, and then I think Catherine Tappan. Uh, and, uh, you know, they were each from their homes. Well, was it a female school. with blonde hair? Yes. Okay, it was Catherine it was probably, Okay. I just wanted to make sure it was a female, first of all. Yes, it was a female, okay. yes. And they were doing their, of the eight remaining teams, or the top eight teams, uh, who is, they were ranking the goalies. So I was like, oh, okay, let's see what kind of respect uh, Jordan Bennington gets, right? And he was number four, I think, on both of their lists. Tuka Rask was number one on both of their lists. And be, uh, above and below that, there was a little mixing around and stuff. But when it came down to the question of game seven, who do you want in the net? Both of them picked Jordan Bennington. Bennington. And I thought that was pretty impressive. Well, we talked about this when we first got in here. And, of course, you know, Jeff and I and you were always like, oh, save it. Right, like, right. We don't, yeah. yeah. So – we loosely talked about it very quickly, and I said, uh, you have to look at the body of work. Jordan Bennington, to my knowledge, at least in the NHL, has had two game sevens. Dallas Stars, double overtime victory, Pat Maroon. You got to have balls of steel to be in that net and play the way he did, especially when Ben Bishop is the first star of the game, and he's you can't get a greased BB past that other guy. You better be good. I Jordan Bennington. that down. <laughs> greased BB. And, and Ben Bishop was above Bennington on both of their lists. So there you the go. Yeah. So pressure on top of that, too, looking down the ice and, and knowing that guy's on his game. And then, two Game 7, the Stanley Cup Final. If not for Jordan Bennington in that first period alone, the Blues are not Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. He gave them, and every guy will talk about it, he gave them – 
that those saves that were so important. Early in the game, they got two or three golden chances. And then he's kicking pucks out. He's standing tall. And then you get one, right? Kind of kind of a lucky one. Just a shot from Jay Bowmeister. A little redirection, Ryan O'Reilly. Now you get one. That's so important because the Bruins look at it and they go, ugh. Like, this is a night where it's going to be almost impossible to get by Bennington, as we see. And now we just kind of sort of had a cheapo go in. Yeah. So that's why I that crushes somebody. We, and it? guess who's at that? Who's in the other net? Yeah, Tuka Rask. Rask. Yeah. So to the point of the poll or the whatever they had the best of to pick Bennington over Rask, it's not a stretch. It's amazing to me that that w- w- you see a guy that just essentially comes out of nowhere and is able to do that. How does Jordan Bennington maintain? How does Jordan Bennington stay the guy? For 10 years and not wind up like, and, and, and I, I'm sorry that I f- will forget his name, but Carolina had that goaltender a bunch of years ago, Ward. Oh, yeah, Cam, Cam Ward. Ward yeah. Who yeah. seemed like the very beginning of the, his career, big contract, whole thing. And then he it won seemed the Stanley to kinda, Cup like in his first or second, second year. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. that. That's what it kind of meant. So how does how does a goaltender keep that? How do, how do they, I mean, I know that that's not really an easy question or maybe one that even has an answer, but it just seems like you will see some guys that have success young that aren't able to maintain. Do you guys remember a goalie? And it's funny, and it's you'll know where I'm going. Do you remember a goalie called Jim Carrey? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, Montreal? obviously. Uh, no. Washington. 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 Okay. Start off with Same color scheme. Yes, red, white, I just white, can't blue. read. I can see colors. I can't read. Good point. Thanks. Now, he was a guy that came in and won the Calder Trophy, Rookie of the Year, and the Vezin Trophy first year. They, like, they nicknamed him the Net Detective, obviously off of Jim Carrey, the actor, Pet Detective. Mm-hmm. He had, like, it was amazing. You're like, oh, boy, this guy is the future. He disappeared. Heck, he ended up here in St. Louis. I know you guys maybe don't remember that. Oh, I don't, I don't remember, remember that. He had a cup of coffee, like three or four games, and, like, this dude, he thought he was playing dodgeball. Like, he could not – he couldn't get in the way of a puck. Hmm. And uh, it was amazing to see somebody so amazing in their first year when they're young like that. And then just, I don't know if the pressure got to him. I don't know if his off ice antics, like, and I don't know him. I can't remember. Like we didn't go hang out off the ice. I can't tell you if he was like pounding the booze hard or not going home or what. I can't tell you that, but I just know that his play just dropped off a cliff. It's crazy. I'll tell you what, um, maybe it wasn't this instance with him, but, uh, charity softball game recently. I had a chance to talk with Lance Berkman, which I did not look forward to doing because he and I views on certain things are polar opposites on mm-hmm. things. And it really upset me that he was even going to be on my team. Then I talked with him and that wasn't his platform. We were just talking baseball. And I said something to him about how crazy is it that you came to St. Louis? You hear, what was he here? A year, a season, Ish, something like that. Yeah. Won a world series. Yeah. And then so. and then left and I, and I said something and I think he played one more year somewhere else I'm not sure yeah he played and one I said more after how him. amazing was that and he said he goes winning the World Series was the best thing for my career and the worst thing for my career he goes I was not motivated to get that big prize again after winning it the one time I don't know if that happened wow. with with Jim Carrey or or Cam Ward or whatever but I know I know athletes a lot of them are motivated for that big prize and once you get it it's like eh I'm going back to work again. Yeah, well one thing to remember here Cam Ward still went on to have an incredible career. And I'm you not know? trying to disparage No, 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 I know, you know but just anybody who's listening who maybe doesn't know, yeah. Google the guy. He had a pretty darn good career at following his Stanley Cup championship. Jim Carrey not so much. I don't know what happened there, but it happens a lot to goaltenders and if we had time I'm sure I could go back at last 20 years and bring up, you know, six, seven guys who right. just disappeared. I mean, look at Roman Turek, yeah. who was here. 
he came in. He was a rock star. Uh, got you guys to the Western Conference final, and then just couldn't get hit by a puck anymore. Yeah, you know it happens, and so that's why, like the goaltender position is like pitchers. Like look at Rick Ankiel. All yeah. of a sudden, he couldn't pitch anymore. So goaltenders, if they're just if their mojo is off, look at Jake Allen. Jake Allen went through this. Mm-hmm. He went through it a couple of times where Army had to say, "We're going to give Jake a pause in the middle of the season, let him take two or three days of me time to reset, you know, the, his brain and everything." So it happens now. Obviously, J- Jake Allen had a phenomenal season so far for the Blues, at least the regular season, one of the top goalies in the NHL. But that's the mental battle that it is all the time. So Jordan Bennington and Game Sevens and Tuka Rask and all these guys and how they have long-term success. You got to stay mentally strong, and you can't really give a shit about what everybody's saying. You re- and everybody always says we don't read the articles. Yeah, you yeah, do. You do. You Come do. On. Okay, yeah. but you got to make sure you don't read them as much when things are going bad. I thought that that, and maybe I have kind of a different view on this. I thought that was one of the sort of refreshing parts about the Michael Jordan documentary. Is I thought that he sort of stepped up and was like, "Yep, I'm a driven." overly determined asshole and I will do and will continue to do whatever it takes to continue to win and continue to be the best. And I thought that like in order to be that kind of player, you got to be like that. There's got to be no lift up off mm-hmm. the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. And, and I find that to be so remarkable when I see those athletes that, you know, man, a week after the season's over, 10 days after the season's over, you see them back in the gym doing something else and starting on the grind for the next year. And that's one of the things about this team that I, that the Blues specifically, I'm not worried about that. We won one. Let's coast. Right, I don't yeah. think these dudes are like that. I don't think they're wired like that as players. At least it doesn't seem that way to I, me. I would like to be wired like that as a fan then because <laughs> – because, and here's the reason why I say that. Uh, Chris Kerber was on, on the show this morning, and he uh, reiterated again the scenario of the Blackhawks sneaking into mm. these playoffs and knocking the Blues out eventually. Like, we could go head-to-head. And that scares the crap out of me. Still, the Blackhawks. I am sorry, but we, the three of us, you and you and I, Donnie, and then you playing in it. I'm sorry. I've seen the Blackhawks take way too much from the Blues and the Blues fans. I just still get scared by them. I, I, I listen. For one, I don't want to want to want to give anyone the side eye. Not give anyone the due respect that they deserve. All right. Yeah. But. Fuck those okay. guys. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you this. We I are, didn't know where he was going we there. Are, we are, and it was with the hand gesture, <laughs> yeah. Just we so are, you know. We are so much deeper than that team. To me, it would take that goal, that goaltender, who is it's Corey Crawford at this point, mm-hmm. to get in, incredibly hot in order for them to do it. Not that they couldn't. But God damn it, if I'm going to get beat, it's not going to be by them. See what I'm saying? But, but, but Jeff, I think you could probably put that scenario down with any potential team that we could play, right? Okay, so here's your— Yeah, it would just hurt more with the Blackhawks. Well, no doubt, dude. But here's what you got to remember, okay? So I'll give you half a point. You're 50% right. Okay, okay? I'll take it. Which is really good for you, by the way. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) But they're not as deep, correct, but they have guys who have won it. Yep. They have guys that have won it multiple times. They have guys that know what it tastes, what the champagne tastes like coming from the Stanley Cup. That speaks volumes. And if yeah. you get into a series, everybody's healthy, everybody's energetic, and you get into like a round two series. Like the Blackhawks are going to have to win their way in, right? 
So if they win their way in and their goalie is hot coming in off of it, this is where this format is going to get a little crazy mm-hmm. because they could build momentum. And then the first round they play could be against the Blues right away. So they're healthy. They're ready to go. The Blues have kind of sort of played this round robin, whatever you got to play, the play in up top for the established seating. Right. You never know. You just don't freaking know. And I would like to think that Craig Berube has got this team so dialed in that that doesn't matter. And one thing we can't forget, too, is that the Blues have a locker room full of guys who have tasted champagne from the Stanley Cup. Recently. Recently. So that, to me, it could end up being an incredible matchup. I do think you're 100% right. I do think the Blues are too deep and too good and work too hard. But it still scares me when you got those wily old veterans over there that have had some success that are still pretty elite players. So which is more effective, a locker room of people who just won it but only one time or a locker room of people who haven't had success the last couple of years but have won it two, three times? This is, But it's not a locker room full. It's a yeah. handful of guys. So this is where it gets dangerous, okay, is you think right off the, the first thing you look at is that the Blues full of lo- – like I want that locker room. Yes, you do. And I know the character in the Blues locker room and the culture that they have here is incredible. But you also have to look at the guys we just talked about, the Jonathan Taze, the Patrick Kane, the Duncan Keith, Corey Crawford. They, ha- they, they know that they're on their way out. The end is closer than the beginning mm-hmm. of their career. And what's the most dangerous thing you can do is get an athlete at the end of their career and give desperate. them a chance. Yeah. Especially guys who've been there before. And they might just take it to a level that they've never achieved I just, before. I just well, see also Kane, too, I just picture Kane just sitting in front of his locker right now, bouncing, and he's got his skates on and everything. He's just bouncing, just going, "Come on, let's that's just, just go. him thinking about the next cab driver's that's, ass that ooh, he can kick." That's boy. all that. Oh, wow, that's, that that's, cabbie that's was a, a long jerk. memory. That, that's, that that's, cabbie was a jerk. Truth be told, that cabbie said some stupid shit to Patrick Kane and his brother. And now he shouldn't have maybe gotten a beating. Well, maybe. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe, maybe he little, shouldn't have beat him. Maybe a little cuffing. Here's the thing. No. No, okay. So I'm sure that, that that could <laughs> potentially be the case. I hate that guy so much right, yeah. that legitimately he could cure a disease, and I'd still probably <laughs> hate him. That's just where I am. I'm not saying it's good. It's nothing I should be proud of. Right. But I fucking hate that. guy. I get it, Donnie. Look, it. I shed blood many nights playing against the Blackhawks. I w- I wouldn't. I, I guess I'm preaching to the choir. No, right, sorry, yeah, man. Yeah. But if I sound like I'm like defending them or whatever, no. like I hate their guts. Like I would honestly, I would empty my bladder on their jersey and not feel bad about it. Nah, dude, you're the sensible one in this room, which is crazy to say. Yeah, that's, that's really bad. That's, that's really nuts. crazy. We have to, to probably say. rethink that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I'm the production guy in the room. I yeah. mean, come on. We got Jeff behind the board pushing uh, buttons for one thing. We don't know if he's wearing pants ever. Yeah, ever. He is. Ever. All right. Well, Kiowski bef- told me before we before we wrap this up, Jamie. Anything new? on on the on the date front, any any sort of details like that 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 that, that hockey fans out there might not know, or or maybe refresh them. Well, phase two has begun, where teams are allowed to have guys go back to their playing or to a facility, an NHL facility. You don't even have to be in your home city because some guys are skating with other teams, as crazy as that is. Like guys who live in Toronto are going to the Maple Leafs facility. And training there because the teams are like, well, we don't want you flying and traveling and doing all this stuff. Uh, and there are groups of six that are going on this. Heck, John Tavares was talking yesterday about how he's taping his sticks at home because they have a certain allotted amount of time. And they're bringing in six guys, the same six guys every day. And they move on. You, know, you Come on. You get your gear on. Get on the ice. 
get in the weight room. And as you go to the weight room, the next group is going on the ice. Like it's literally like shift work like that. So that's what's going on right now. The Blues have opted not to go back to business just yet. They haven't had anybody skating publicly or at the rink that's open. Um, A couple of guys have gotten on the ice a little bit on the side, you know. They're taking the approach of we're still going to end up with a three-week training camp out of this. And let's just take the rest right now. Let's just get the engine fired up. Let's be ready to go. They're all working out. So it's not like they're sitting at home, you know, with the keg tapped and just, you know, watching Netflix all the time. (laughs) These guys are dialed in. And we had a chance to talk to Petro last week on, on our show. And he's dialed in. He's ready to go. So that's where we're at right now. And, you know, I believe that, and I'm optimistic that when the puck drops for these new playoff format that we have would be probably like August 1, August 2, somewhere in there. That's the last number or date I heard anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's about the time the NBA is going to get going again. Yeah, okay. We have no idea. Well, I don't normally, I know. I don't. But... Well, no, no, no. I don't normally care about the NBA either, man. I but I'm so freaking, now. dude, I'm so starved <laughs> for sports. And with baseball doing whatever the hell baseball is doing, I don't know if I'm even going to get that this year, man. And listen, I don't know whose fault it is. Are you a big baseball fan? Yeah, he's huge. I don't know. Are who's, you? Yeah. yeah. I don't know whose fault it is. It just seems to me like a gigantic missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree. And I understand when we're talking about profit margins and things that in the world of billionaires, it's different than the world of of Donnie's. But when I read quotes from Bill DeWitt that talk about how owning a baseball team, there's not so much profit in owning. Please stop. You might be correct in whatever financial way you're looking at the papers. But when you're opening Ballpark Village 2, Please don't talk to me about this. Don't when I'm trying to take my family to a game and we're not getting out with food less than a hundred bucks. Don't talk to me about that. I, and and yeah. I think I'm sorry, Jeff. I just don't understand. This is this is uh, this is issue on top of issue with our country nationally. You would think that there would be people in a room that go, you know what? Let's just make this work. We're, we're, I, it just befuddles me. I just don't understand. And then also, and we talked about this last week, this is just setting the stage for the collective bargaining agreement for the next contract next year, which is going to be a disaster. Right. So this sport that I've spent my entire life loving, I just feel like is is like letting itself fall apart yeah. by ego and money and bullshit. And I don't think that they see it. I don't think that they see what everybody else sees. What I remember is the feel-good day, the first baseball game after 9-11, when Jack Buck went out on the mm-hmm. on oh, the field man. and said something to the effect of, we need this, that sort of thing. Yeah. So we, and I say we, I mean you guys, the baseball players and the owners and everybody else involved, you can get together and bring a, a game back on the field after a national tragedy, but... This wasn't even violence. This is like sickness. This is people dying. This is people need to come together again. So figure it out. I, I just it's I, super it's not super easy, but figure it out. Both sides need to realize that this has to happen for many, many reasons. Well and 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 I I don't fault and honestly, I don't fault the players like I fault the owners. Because I feel like the players are not only fighting for themselves, but they're fighting for the next generation of people. And I think Jamie brought it up a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this. They're fighting for the bottom half of the Major League Baseball mm-hmm. roster that doesn't make Mike Trout money. But what I just, not only the coronavirus, but for Christ's sake, 
race relations at the country, maybe at an all-time low since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Baseball could absolutely, I mean, I don't know about a, a, a real tangible help, but man, like, sometimes when people go into a, an event, they're, they're just there to watch the game. They're not thinking about all the other bullshit. Well, yeah. it brings people together. Yeah, man. You know, I, it really does. Like, because when you're at the ball game, you're not, you're hopefully not taking a political stance on something. You're not, you're cheering on the Cardinals and you're, you're escaping mentally for that three, eight, three and a half hours. And it's tough, you know, and right now this is tough. And to your point, look, the owners, look, there's so, we had John Mosellock on earlier. We did a, a recording with John Mosellock and he's in a tough spot too, right? But I asked him about Bill DeWitt's comments. I'm like, what do you got to say to your frustrated fan base and baseball fans in general regarding that? And, Oh, first of all, look, I understand he's employed by Bill DeWitt, so right. he's not going to go too far with it. But he did say that, you know, uh, that the, the leaks to the media and some of the comments going back and forth are definitely more damaging than healing. And, you know, and, and I see the business side of it where you're only making $1.9 billion off of like $9 million. It's a 15% profit margin, which we know would put like that would put me out of business with a 15% profit margin but we're talking billions right okay mm-hmm. but the one thing the last thing I'll say and I'll do it quickly is about the players is the owners really haven't given them a real good proposal they've tried to win tried to win every time and these guys are competitive athletes one they're being told by business people this is a bad deal like if you go to work for 78 days but I'm only going to pay you for 58 how inspired are you going to be mm. for that twenty that twenty day difference? You can be like, this is this is bullshit. I'm not working twenty days for free. Well, that's essentially what they're asking the players to do by prorating and then chopping down a salary, getting seventy five percent of their pay. They're asking them basically to play some games for free. And I know that you know there's a love of the game, but there's also like some rationale here too. You got to be like, hey, this doesn't make sense. These are billionaires, most of them mm-hmm. billionaires. I, I, I am at a loss. Well, and their franchises continue to go up in value yes, every year. And also, so they have a product that's making money for them, even though they're not playing. So that's why they're not inspired. And I know it's easy for us to spend other people's money and, and, Hell yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. But the other thing to me, and maybe it's too feel good of a story anymore to, to, to have this idea about it. But from the player standpoint, y'all are making really good money. I get that. So for a short time, 70 games or whatever it is, suck it up. And the and the owners suck it up to save your freaking industry. Okay, well I don't disagree with that, man. But 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 at what point do the players have to stop getting having have to having to be the ones to make the concessions? That, no, that's... no, I'm not saying they have to. I'm saying both of them have to. I agree with you on that. Okay, I'm they both saying, have man, to go. Like, I'm damn over it, here. I thought we were going to have I'm a good fight here. in here. Uh, well, we don't fight. I was like, oh, here we go. Well, <laughs> the owners are over here. The players are over here. Here's where the the. the the middle ground is just go to that I, middle ground, no, man, and I, everybody's going to lose a little bit of money for a handful of months. I get it, but then you start working on the CBA, and then everything is okay. You're alienating fans. You you had this so that on you you potentially had a schedule that you could have had games starting Fourth of July. Fourth of July. Yeah. Can you freaking goddamn imagine you in 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 the in the news populace? You would own. The 4th of July week, weekend, Mm -hmm. week after. Major League Baseball doesn't own shit anymore. They would have their own time. They would be in their own spotlight. Think of the people starving for sports that would watch 
anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, it just feels to me like a missed opportunity by a league that just continues to shoot themselves in the foot mm-hmm. and have no idea that they're doing And when you come back, don't give me the we missed you. We're here for oh. you. Let's do this together. Link arms. Screw you. You shove that right up your rear end. I, I absolutely want no part of that. I just... Also, too, guys, let's just go back to what I said a few minutes ago. You guys want to buy season tickets? I miss uh-uh. sports a lot. <laughs> like, so, so much. If we've learned nothing else here, Donnie Diggs cutting his grass and watching sports. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I get fired up. No. I mean, I, we talk, I mean, you know, First man, time like, I've ever just, heard him get fired it, up. Dude, but it's just, it, it, to me, man, it's one of those things that it, it really kind of is, is defying logic a little bit. It is. 100%. And, and, and so, so it, just, it just gets me riled up. Sorry, boys. Well, hopefully the next time we get together, we'll be talking about, you know, some, some specific dates and, and yep. something more. Maybe some of the guys who are back on the ice. Yeah. yeah. A little more concrete. And yeah. Donnie can freaking relax. And sell it down. It is you the, won't. It is, I won't. I'll find something else. <laughs> yeah. Last Minute Blues podcast. Jamie Rivers from 101 ESPN, as well as former St. Louis Blue, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango from 1057 The Point. The Last Minute Blues podcast is up on all the directories. Uh, make sure that you like us, you share us, follow along, and we will have a new Last Minute Blues podcast for you next Wednesday. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.